Tours podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. All right, we're recording. I'm going to just start now. (laughs) We suffered a few minutes of wife calling because she decided to drive in the middle of a snowstorm and a bunch of uh, technical difficulties, which I was blaming Gabriel on, and it was uh, completely on my end. (laughs) Sorry. Welcome back, brother. It's been... It's been a little while. Yeah. Dude, I'm so I'm so humbled beyond twice. It's so cool. It's really not I feel that like, cool. <laughs> um, I feel like the coolest dude on the planet. <laughs> it it really isn't that cool. No, you know, matter of fact, where did I see you? I think I saw you at TAC and you were just blow and go. That was not last year at TAC, the year before. And you yeah, were up there. You were swamped. When I saw you, yeah, it was good. And we talked about getting on, getting on then. And I'm so, I'm so flipping pathetic, dude, with it. You know, it's like you do it for fun, and and then it's like, oh, I got everything else going on. And man, I don't know when the last time I dropped the podcast is. I have a couple in the bank. I gotta get, I gotta get my button gear. Dude, it's it's okay. It's not it's not like you have other stuff going on in your life. Yeah, no, none at all. <laughs> none at all, man. I'm gonna run a business, do a podcast, make sure you're working out, take care of your wife. Yeah. yeah. And we got, you know, our Western Hunt Fest is in in full swing for preparation. So me and me and the boys have been nonstop, man, just trying to make that make this year epic with that. So yeah, been tell me, busy. So can we can we talk about that? Let's, I mean, honestly, if if you're good, I want to do like a a podcast takeover and just see what's going on <laughs> in, in your life. I mean it, like that's well, a huge deal. So, well, let's let's focus in on you and Ivory for a, for a moment, and I want to hear a little bit about last elk season, and then uh, I'll let you do whatever you want, bro. <laughs> All right, within All reason, right. within man reason, <laughs> no blowing me kisses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So while we, I mean, it's been what? It has to have been three years. Easy, yeah. yeah. It might have been more like five, five, four or five now. Yeah, it's been yeah. a minute, man. So why don't we do a little bit of an intro, let let folks know, you know, what the deal is, and then we'll just swing from there, brother. Yeah, just just in time. You being with Ivory Holsters, I think you and I linked up. I don't, I don't even remember how. I just remember you... I, I sent you a holster and you were like, Hey, come on the podcast, which was amazing. I think, I think honestly, it was probably the first podcast I ever did. And I was like, I freaking came to the candy store. I was all jacked up. And that was when we were still in California. And then, right. Yeah. Why do people always yeah. have to mention that? I've been trying to, I've been trying to leave that all behind. Hold <laughs> now, man. Hold on now. It's good. You're good. You're the only ones who want here. Let's leave it at that. Folks always got to bring that crap up. <laughs> no, you're all right. You're all right. They're, I want to move to Idaho, and so they're going to say the same thing about me. We went to we went to Idaho, and we're sitting in a bar, my wife and I, and 
the bartender, super sweet gal. She's she's like, where are y'all from? And I'm like, we're from Colorado. And she kind of got quiet for a second and walked away. And when she came back, I was like, no, no, no. We're not those kind of Coloradans. <laughs> like, the, bad, the bad transplants that are trying to move out now. It doesn't even, yeah, doesn't even make much the, sense, does it? Yeah, we're the good ones. So anyway, yeah, just... You know, I got on. It was it was awesome. You, you got you a, a holster, and when we were first starting out, man, like, well, first starting out to make the pack holsters. Anyway, you were one of the first guys to to kind of pick one of those up. We had worked with some of the guys, as you know, from XO to build this pack holster to mount to backcountry hunters packs, and now we're full time with that. I, it's been awesome. almost almost two years full time with Ivory. I quit government job of twenty years to do this and kind of chase a dream and. Yeah, that's that's it. Man, congratulations, brother. Because a lot of people will swing at something and and won't, for whatever reason, right, be it nerves or the pressure from family, will never swing that full time, right? There's so much that goes into to being an entrepreneur. So congrats on that, man. I'm, I don't know wow, how that sounds. Man. I'm proud of you. No, I appreciate it big time. I know, so it's funny. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff on like, Instagram and a lot of people are like, oh, well, you, you, what do they say? Stuff like, oh, no one will ever believe in you until you've done it. No one. Will. And I'm like, I've felt zero of that at all. All of my family, every single one of my friends, anyone I've ever talked to is like, oh, yeah, you, you can totally do that, dude. It's been, I've had, God has just put amazing people around me. And so allowed me to, to have that, that confidence. And if I'm honest, it kind of wasn't, it wasn't me a huge jump for sure, but it was more, more. I I could I could envision myself sitting in my chair, and I've said this before. I could envision myself sitting in my chair at sixty years of age, sixty five years of age, and hating myself because I didn't make the jump when I had the opportunity. Right. And this was one of those. It, we were at kind of a crossroads where where all I was doing, I'd, I'd go to work, like I had to be there, whatever. Call it four a.m. Come home eat with the kids and my wife real quick and then go out into the garage and I was just hammering and it had gotten, it's a good thing, right? We had, we had business, but it was one of those things where I'm like, I got to give one of these two things up. And so the, I think like, I would say the, what would you call it? Like common sentiment would probably be, dude, you should, you should have stuck with the, the government job you had where you were making a really decent wage and you were 20 years in and all you had to do is just like ride that until you were whatever. 58, 62. And I just, man, I, I couldn't do it. I was well, like, you lack the fulfillment, right? I mean, that's the biggest sure. thing, you know, it's like, man, yeah. I love doing this. I'm good at doing this and I'm just going to acquiesce to what's easier to get by. Yeah. <sighs> that's why yeah. that's actually a good, it's a good mentality for a lot of folks to have because it'll keep them out of the elk woods. <laughs> it's too hard <laughs> yeah, I, knew, I knew they think that <laughs> you know what I mean it's like yeah ooh. that's why we see these spikes in in licenses and then the next year or two it's just you know it's down again and we hold so flat I think legitimately I think for most people what we mm. do in September is too freaking hard they don't yeah, they if, don't know what it really takes Especially, I think the way that that, that we do it, because there's a lot of guys up there that that uh, they road hunt, right? And I have nothing, no zero issues with road hunting. I, you know, I we hunt, we I'll do the the nighttime elk calling to try and locate them too. I have no issue with that. But I mean, like the solid road hunter who's like 
he's throwing light in the cup holder and driving around looking for elk. And, and I'm like, dude, and they're everywhere. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that has to work. Like, oh, you know, there's so many dudes doing it. Like they have to have killed something at some point in their life, right? Like, yep. like maybe I should maybe I should try road hunting, but we don't do it. And the reason we don't see nearly as many people is because we we're not afraid to walk uphill. Right. And so I think you're right. There's a few guys that I've taken with me that haven't come back because it, it's it's not an easy thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that where, you know, we won't see any see anyone. And I just recorded it with with Matt Ranella. And, and just trying to get his take on things and understand where he was coming from. And it was a very interesting conversation with a very passionate dude. Yeah, but, I'm excited to hear that one. But one of the things that he was saying is it's so crowded. And I'm like, dude, I'm on the I'm on the mountain. Less my time when I come down to go guide. I, I I'm up on the mountain just about 30 days in the month of September. Right. And I, I may, maybe when I'm on boot, run across three or four people in a, in a season. So I don't understand the crowd thing. And you're saying the same thing. It's like, it's, it's that hard. Like it keeps people from doing it, you know, putting a pack on with 45 pounds in it and saying, I'm going to drop in that drainage. And it's a four mile hike down to the bottom of that thing. And that's where I seen a bull. I mean, the considerations of that alone, yeah, it is like woof. It's astonishing, right? But then to hear you say it, I'm like, see, I'm not the only one that says there's no crowding because I don't get the no. trailhead thing, and you know, there's a bunch of it. I'm like, man, it's I'm missed totally on that. It's it, it's apparent, but the it's funny because we hunt we hunt a big for the most part we hunt the same spot every year, and this we we start in the bottom and and hike up, and there's there's some dudes especially it seems like the last couple of years except this last year was just bad because there was nobody up there i mean like one other truck and it was because the winter kill was so bad here but previous years we've had some some dudes walking from the bottom up but if you drive to the top of the hill and and look around i mean there are campers and tents and i mean they're stacked in there like cordwood on top of each other starting from the top and then you know it's maybe like five percent ten percent of the that amount down at the bottom just because we again we're not afraid to walk uphill right and so so i'd, I'd rather walk uphill than be tripping over guys you know in in our unit so and a lot of those, it, a lot of those guys aren't really getting you know more than a half mile three quarters of a mile off of whatever road they got up there by yeah i'll take it i'm i'm glad yeah exactly <laughs> that doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, there's a way to get away from them. That's for Dag, I'm sure. All right, that was a that was a tangent. All right, get back to Ivory, brother. Sorry, no, no, no we're good. We're good. Okay. That's that's pretty well. So we just came out. I think the the main thing right now I'm so excited about, which is why I got in touch with you. I, we're going to donate a couple of these new Robin Hood holsters to help me out. There's so many of them. I get confused with so Western right, Hunt Fest. Yeah. So right now we have we have the Ruck Out Challenge for Western Hunt Fest going on. And then next month, in the middle of the Ruck Out Challenge, we're just going to do a giveaway for, you know, for our friends, sponsors or whatever, just kind of an IG giveaway just to say, hey, check out this product, you know, for folks that are supporting yeah. supporting the shoot and whatnot. So, no, we definitely yeah. appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for you to carry one, too. I can't wait to get yours out to you. Just because I want you to what, remind me of your release you're using. The Carter Too be Simple. Too Simple. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Oh, you're going to love this thing, man. I'm excited. 
So this, this yeah, look, oh, sorry, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead. So the so the release is it is it kind of a universal for like thumbs and whatnot? It's not. I wouldn't say universal, but right now we've we've test fitted twenty different releases in it because it's got an adjustable retention paddle in it, so you can you can run. I think it's like eleven or twelve now. Carters, the Stan, Onyx, large and medium only, and then like three or four of the True Balls, and then one of the Scots. So it it's it's pretty it's pretty singing cool. And and I mean like you can you can lock them in there to where it's like you are not worried at all about it falling out. I mean, it's it's pretty darn pretty darn awesome. And then, like, you can mount it pretty well anywhere. So you can mount it horizontally, vertically, but you can put it on whatever, bino harness, field quiver, whatever, any, anywhere there's webbing. So, yeah, I need, to, I need to honestly be better about putting content out like that. Like, how do you mount the holster? How do you switch the clip up? Stuff like that. So what's the, yeah. what's the noise like coming out of it? Is there a click or is that something that, you know, is is delicately quiet yeah yeah you can you can you can make it quiet you got to be intentional about it but you can make it quiet you can snap it in easy right but if you if you with very little practice you can it comes out super quiet and then going back in you can make it you can make it real quiet it's the it's the coming out intentional about it yeah it's the coming out part right because because let's (laughs) face it if it's going back in and you're trying to be quiet you just blew it (laughs) you just blew it (laughs) so you might as well you could you could try but you know yeah those are all shenanigans when it's going back in i want to i want to hear the click when it goes back in it's just coming out you know and that you know that sometimes is a reluctance with things like that and i've seen them where they they have the one that kind of mounts on your bow on the quiver yeah. and there's like, you know, kind of a little paddle lock dealy that you have to turn. And I was just, I saw that and I was like, all right, it's pretty cool, but that's, I'd be a little bit nerve wrecked carrying my bow. That thing turns. And I, I'm always a skeptic when it comes to new stuff. And then I try it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But man, dropping the release, dude, there's no, no better way to end a hunt than in the moment of truth going oh i'd be so so hacked off where is my release yeah it's it's i think and it's it's cool because i think we we get really really used to running our stuff the exact same way every time and it might even be it might even be the wrong way but it's because i've done it so long that i'm not going to change anything i know where my wind checker is i know where my rangefinder is right would it be more convenient in a different place maybe but but in this case like I know that when I put that release under my bino harness and hang it there or on my whatever, the the hip belt of my hunting pack on there, I know where it is. I'm never touching it again. I'm never moving it. And, and so I'm excited for you to honestly get get yours and just because I know you hunt hard. I, I mean, like, just beat the heck out of it. Like, like, because you're exactly right. I mean, alone, set, set us up. So you went to the hunter's route with it, which is like, oh, man, my release is gone and I have a bull in front of me and that sucks. I was like, my release is gone, and that thing was three hundred dollars, and yeah. I'm like, and now I'm hacked <laughs> off, right? So yeah, well, that's the so, problem too, right? Is so <laughs> we were at the range. It seems like it's been like four or five years ago. At the range, you know, shoot, 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 and then get home. And I think I was just gonna pull a few in the backyard or something, and my release is gone. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. So I go and scour the range, and nothing. So at that yeah. point, right, and that was a three hundred dollar release or something. So at that point, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I bought another. I, so I carry two. 
right? One in my pack, just especially for September, right? There's so many days on the mountain. <clears throat> you could be in your little bivy camp and, you know, leave something or drop something. And then there's nothing worse than realizing three miles away that, oh man, this is over there. So I was like, yeah, if, if nothing else doesn't have a backup, Besides the headlamp and a couple batteries, this release is getting a backup. Yep. Yeah. So, so did you? You must. And I say you must have. Did you always shoot a thumb, or have you? Did you come from? I came. I came from an index. Yeah, a wrist rocket. And then I want to say it's probably in that time frame. You know, four or five years ago, went to the thumb. Gotcha. Yeah. And and man, I love it. You just shoot better. I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think that it made me a better shooter per se, but I I feel as if I'm more controlled in the release because I feel everything. I I don't know how to explain. I don't think I didn't see, you know, I didn't see myself going from, you know, dropping dropping quarters at 60 70 yards to dropping dimes at 60 or 70 yards. I didn't I didn't see an improvement like that. What I felt was more control. And maybe gotcha. it's just an odd perception, right? But I'm I'm in contact with the entire release. And I, I gotta say I do like the fact that I don't have that daggum wrist strap dealing with a shirt or something like that all the time. That used to drive me nuts, man. Dude, so I mean, I know you and I, we, we talked about it in your, the elk hunting videos, but the amount of times where I had to squat in the woods and then go to, you know, handle the paperwork <laughs> and almost, almost <laughs> dip my wrist strap in the business. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know, if you're using a three finger. This right? is very true. Very, very yeah. true. But yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that release, man. And, you know, and I, since I stopped using them, there's been a lot of, I don't want to say advancements, but a lot of, you know, features, I guess, added to index releases to kind of make them a little bit better. But yeah, I, I like that thumb and I can, I can, you know, just pull back a little bit more that hand closes down and I have my trigger. I mean, super, 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 super light. light. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> like you can yeah. sneeze and it's going off and and we'll just say, I know this from experience <laughs> we we were at the shoot last year and you know you go out there and uh it's a big old group there's like seven or eight of us man jermaine hodge jeffrey duvall efren josh and we're i mean we're out there joel and get out there and i think it was like the first target was like a beaver <laughs> And everybody's yeah. goofing and talking mess. There was already a couple of bum arrows sent and we're just talking and laughing. And I pulled back and boink. And I was like, oh man, not oh, me too. <laughs> and it was like, oh gosh. So, I mean, it, you know, there's definitely those times where that it being so light is a detriment, but it's only happened a handful of times. And, and the mental control that I feel like I've gained from switching has far outweighed the switch. Cause like you said, we get used to what we've done. Now you're talking sure. yeah. 20, 20 something years or something behind the string with, you know, shooting that index to make the switch just on a whim. Like, let me try this. And it was a nightmare yeah. in the beginning. I punched myself in the, in the kisser and all kind of crap trying to get it. But yeah, yeah I, 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 
It's it's funny you say it. I was I was uh, at the bow shop today with Melissa and it was funny because full disclosure, I'm still, I'm still, so I'm, I, I just released a product that is specifically designed around three finger, you know, releases. And I'm still slapping a trigger with my, my, my <laughs> wrist strap. I still don't, I don't shoot one yet. And I'm thinking to myself like, dude, you, you cannot release a product like that and then not know what not you're doing. At least, I mean, at least try it. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta switch over. It's slowly happening, but man, it's like, I'm just like you said, it's so I, when I get super comfortable in my setup, I don't want to touch it. Right. Right. And so it's one of those things that, and maybe it'll be even better. Maybe I'll love it like you did and I'll just switch over. And especially now that I don't have to worry necessarily about dropping it in the woods, as long as I make sure it goes back in the holster. Right. Right. If I do that, it won't, I won't have to worry about losing it. But man, that's a big deterrent for me. 300 bucks on a release to drop it in the woods oh, would break my heart. And let alone the fact that, you know, if you had an animal and I, I didn't get an animal because I had to try and, Finger yes. it back. Finger it. <laughs> and that's the thing. So pounds. what I was doing initially is is I would carry my wrist rocket in the pack. Right. So now my yeah. bow, my bow is set up, you know, made the minor adjustment, very minor adjustments between the thumb and the and the index. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh so I was carrying it. Well then once I got accustomed to it, man, putting the index on, it just felt it was a different rig. Like it didn't, yeah, it didn't make any sense. And again, you make some, like, I, I I believe I had to adjust my peep slightly. What else did I do? I don't know that it was any more than that. Maybe a little bit on the windage on the site itself. But man, when you try Hmm. and go back to it, it was like, it was harder to go back to it than it was to go from the index to the thumb. And I was like, well, no way. So I, I kind of half sort of bamboozled my wife we were at uh, we were at the archery shop one day and i'm like man i could sure use another release and she goes what's wrong with the one you have and i said well you know father's day is coming up (laughs) (laughs) so she got suckered into buying me one right there oh that's nice that's good you're right you you need a spare yeah you gotta have it you gotta have it yeah that's uh (laughs) <laughs> that was a rabbit hole, but yeah, thumb, thumb all day long. I, so I guess on that, I was like, man, was that Dan Staten that you sent that chartreuse one to? Does he have yeah. one? Yeah, man. I was, I saw that and I'm like, that's SOB is jocking my color. <laughs> Dude, I'll make you one in, in the chartreuse. That's a, that's a hard one to say, Hey, I didn't ill off of you. Dude. I like my boots. I got a bunch of stuff in that color. It's just a cool color, right? In the woods. And it's yeah, so, yeah. it's so inappropriate. <laughs> yes, it's it's right. loud. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just the coolest. Like, and then I saw that and I go, son of a gun. And then Dan was doing something. <laughs> he was doing something on a bow, and then I saw the string, and I'm like, "This dude, <laughs> stealing my style." <laughs> so yeah. now it's like, okay, now if you if you do that, oh, you you must have been you know on Dan's nuts or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, dude, you jacked up jacked up my whole string and my my daggum holster. Pretty funny. That's funny. That's funny. Oh, how was Elkwoods, man? It was man, I I I mean this when I say it, and I, I I'm I'm God's second favorite son. I dude, I got so blessed out there this year. It was so great. I got a uh, it was a nine point unit here in Colorado. 
that I've, and I've never hunted anything over the counter. I never hunted anything outside of over the counter archery anyway, never hunted a draw unit before. And so I had nine points and they were burning a hole in my pocket. And so, and I knew the unit killer we normally hunt was super bad. So I was going to go a little farther south. Anyway, it was, it was amazing. My wife is like, well, if you're hunting a nine point unit, take, take whatever. I mean, like 14 days, 15 days, if you need it to, to go out and kill something. And, and dude, it was amazing. I had a buddy with me. Kenny was with me the first six days and, and he didn't have a tag. He's just like, let's, let's go. I, he goes, what, what do you need me to do? And I love, dude, I, I've been thinking about like the type of friendships that we keep. This guy like followed me around the woods for six days, huffing it. We had, we had bikes. We had, we were, I mean, it was just, it was elk hunting and, and didn't ask for a thing. We, we, and we had a good time, but it wasn't like, he has no dog in the fight, right? He goes, what do you need from me? I go, I just need you when I come to full draw to whisper in my ear, settle your pin, settle your pin. <laughs> Cause I get jacked up like a spider monkey on Mountain Dew and I start shaking real bad. And so, yeah, he, he was like six days, great time, but just, just because, and then, and then he had a room and it took me two, I think two more days or three more days to, to get it done. But I shot a beautiful six by six. I'm, I'm calling it a six by six. Cause you can hang a wedding ring on that. So the, the left side has the same like, Texas, super bro. Cool, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's got a super cool club on it, but a little, a little, so this right side is a solid six. And then the left side has this super cool, like bulbous, like top on it. It's so stinking cool, man. Heck yeah. And, and, yeah, just down and 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 here's what I mean by like like the friends. So I've got three three buddies that are, are my hunting buddies anyway. Kenny, Luke, and Josh, and all three of these guys. When I told them I put one down, were chomping at the bit like like a dog on a bird. It's a four hour drive, and they were all like, "Do you need me there? Do you need me there? Do you need me there?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Come on, let's see. you know." And and uh, my buddy Josh, God bless him. It's it's one thing to have friends that will come. When you need them and you know you need them, like that friend that'll show up when it's 2 a.m. But Josh goes, because I had told all of them at one point or another that before I died, I, I always have wanted to to kill one and pack one out solo. And so these guys are just dying to get up there. They want to come so bad and help. But Josh texted me. He goes, dude, I'm not coming. And I, I'm not coming because you said this is what you wanted. And I, I want it for you. And I'm going to let you have it. Yeah. Dude, it was awesome. So, so to have the kind of guys that are like, "Yep, I'll be there in a second. I love them. These guys would die for me, right? But to kind of have that that next step, which is, I know what's good for you, and even though you want me there, and even though I want to be there, I'm not showing up. Hey. Oh man, it was it was awesome. And so I got to do what I've wanted to do for years, which is, you know, put one down and and pack this thing out solo. And and I just yeah, like I said, I'm the I'm the second favorite son of the father. <laughs> So I got a couple things. So are you glad with the recent activities and and releases <laughs> that you spent the nine points? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was it was so it was worth it. And I, I yeah. I don't I'm still super, super we as a state, I think, are super novice at it, obviously, right? I mean, I know they're here, but they're not they're not in like full fledged like crazy packs running around yet anyway it's it'll be it'll be interesting man i am glad i i'm glad i did it yeah for sure it was totally worth the experience 
Yeah, I get folks and asking that question. I have points. Should I spend them? And I'm like, absolutely. If you don't do it now, do it next year, but don't wait any longer. Yeah. That's going to hurt. Yeah, you, yeah. It's, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, I know, I know that they deal with it up north, but, but yeah, I don't know, man. That's, I am, I am glad just because of the experience that, you know, it was like, and it was funny day two, we called this bull in and a cow. It was like a, a really pretty five, but I was like, Kenny, Kenny was funny. We talked about it before. Kenny's like, what, you, what what's your goal? And I'm like, dude, I got a, I got a, a four, two fives, a six on the wall. I really, really want a seven. And this is a unit where I know you could pull, pull a seven out of there. And he goes, cool. So, so we get a little closer to the hunt and he starts sending me pictures and he's like, he sent me a picture of like this monstrous six. And he goes, what if this guy walks out? And I'm like, yeah, that guy's got to die. And then this like <laughs> giant five. And he's like, what about this guy? And I'm like, eh, he's got to go down too, right? And, and so in my unit, we're used to, you know, that they're really pretty, but their their racks are not, it's nothing like massive, massive, like like in this unit. I've And I shot one in this unit, like that was not the biggest one I saw. I we Dude, I was so close in these pinion pines three days in a row but the but the first day we I, I have a buddy up there who runs a guide service and he went out with me before he had to go to work in the morning and called in a, the biggest bull i have ever seen it was dude from i think we i i used a rainfinder and on x to triangulate or not triangulate but see the distance it was like 1.1 1. 1. 1 miles away he was on this private property and he brought this dude in and he came in he, within 40 yards and would not come around this pinion. And I was, I was shaking like a puppy trying to squirt out a peach pit. It was, <laughs> dude, it was, it was bad. But I, couldn't, I couldn't get him to come in. And three days in a row, those pinions, they just, I don't know. I just, I, I, had, I don't have that figured out yet. That's, so, that's a difficult hunt. I mean, it's so hard, right? Because they're expecting to see something, anything. And they get to that that point where they're like, okay, nothing's here. It's what do you do? I mean, you in yeah. my opinion, you almost have to have it to where you have a caller behind you and he's coming down the lane to that caller and you send one, you know, or they're yeah. they're full blown rutting and they're just playing stupid and chasing whatever sense in the air. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So what about the solo pack out? Because that's my gig, man. And I had an opportunity to drop down on this bull this year that that he was the bull and i was solo and i sat there and he's a couple hundred yards below me and i'm going man this is i'm way back here like this isn't smart right and that was my thing is i'm like i'm looking at it right and i i know generally the size of this bull and i'm like this is this is probably going to be 3 to 4 days to get this guy out of here how did yeah. how did that look in terms of where you were at and you know that solo pack out? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I still had a couple of I still had probably three days on the books to be able to cause I, and that's the thing I'm so blessed with is like the business I can I can stretch it if I need to and not come back for a couple of days because my boss is so stinking cool. I mean, he's the coolest dude ever, man. <laughs> like this dude is the kind of dude you want to drink whiskey with. There you go. But, but he, so it was it was. Not a not a super long pack out. It was it was steep and I was down in a hole, but it was like I think total round trip was like three and a half miles. See, that's totally um, doable. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, that is a realistic distance. <laughs> yeah. But I also have that thing in my head that's like, so, so like, so let me ask you then, do you regret not doing it? If you could go back right this minute. I wouldn't shoot him. Like, I wouldn't shoot him. You wouldn't? No. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> Where he, he was at, we had climbed out of this drainage once before. And, and albeit, you know, my buddy was pretty beat up and it took forever, dude. It was like three hours just to go the two miles and, you know, six miles back. So, you know, we, we come around this road, it's 16 miles on the road, park the side by side and then walk out on this ridge and then drop in this drainage. So I'm looking at it, I'm going, man, a round trip to the side by side is, is daggum 12 miles. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I wouldn't, dude, I would make the same decision I made. And I was, I was cussing myself. I was, I was mad at myself, but not, not because I wasn't willing to do it, but because I went that far back there. And yeah. you know what I mean? I didn't consider it prior to, right? Cause you get in yeah. there like, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. <clears throat> Came back from New Mexico, headed back up the mountain. And then it's like, this guy would answer, you can go. And he would start screaming, just pissed off uh. screaming. And I'm like, well, but he's, he's where we left him. Drop down there and then, you know, walk into the trees and look and actually look in this drainage. And it's like, oh, this is unbelievable. I mean, this is, this is horrible. So it's a small drainage, you know, coming off this ridge, just blow down, just nasty, <clears throat> but perfect. And he's, he wasn't but 200 yards max away from me, dude. And I, I'm telling everything I did, he, from, from half a mile off, it seemed like he answered everything. You know, you get in there and I start looking around and, and part of me, you know, I had to struggle with it is like, am I, am I bitching out? Am I just being a punk about where I am in the situation? And, yeah. and you start to recall the the pack out prior and where you're at, the distance. And I'm pulling up Onyx and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so you sit there and you kind of go back and forth, go back and forth. And it was just to the point where it's like, I, I want this bad. Like, this is the bull that I've been chasing. Yeah. But is this foolish? Do I waste me? Do, you know what I mean? There's all these variables that come up in your head. And it's just like, if I have to think about it that much then it means that I shouldn't do it is how I consider well, well, it. I think you, you nailed it uh, like on the head, which is, and I don't mean this to like kick you in the junk or anything, but you, you're exactly right. Like if you had to think about it that much, why the hell am I back this far? Yeah. Right. Why, how many elk did I walk past in that six miles to get to this point? I would have right? walked, it, I would have walked past every single elk 20 times for that bull. I put it to you that way. And, Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was that dude with the first time I saw him, we were 1.38 miles away on another ridge. And I'm, we're just looking, the weather had come in. It was super windy for like two or three days. Kept getting these weird sleet, snow, rainstorm, thunderstorm crappers. And we're sitting there. It finally cleared up and just glass and like where it just went quiet. Everything kind of ghosted. And we're sitting on this ridge and I go, Oh, Oh wow, there's a bull right there. You know, so it's it's he's a he's a rag, but he's a nice rag. And I'm like, oh, that's a decent bull. So just kind of scanning the area. Oh, cow, 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 cow. Run to the back of the cows. And 
people can't see my reaction like you can. And I kid you not, <laughs> my eyes were as big as my objective lens on the binos. And yeah. I was like, first thing out of my mouth was, there he is. There you so, can so from, you could see so his there, mass. You were one you one, were a mile away from him there. One point three eight miles away, ridge to ridge, air between us. And I oh, seen okay. this dude and I knew he was a bull. You could you could see almost every bit of his antlers from that distance away in twelves. And it was just I'm like, I'm telling Drew's with me, and I'm like, dude, can you see his mass through the yeah. glass? That's the bull. He goes, no. So I run those SIG Zulu 6s. They're the image stabilizers, yeah. right, at the 1242s. So I hand I them. I heard so many. Oh, God, dude. The, They're amazing. We'll huh? get into that after. All right. I hand him my binos. He flips the switch, and he goes, oh, my God. And I'm like, you can almost count his tines. That is the bull. <laughs> That's impressive, dude. And, do we got over there, and, I mean, in the, the country that he was in, it's it's nasty. It is nasty. I mean, the first part of the walk is nice and flat because you're on that ridge. And as soon as you make the turn to drop to him, you know, you go down. So those, you, did you have to, you had to circle around him to go get him? Oh, yeah, because we weren't. Dropping in and coming no, back? no, no, no. You're not dropping. I mean, it's sheer face cliffs and gotcha. back up the other side's even worse. So you drive, it's 16 miles to, to make the loop. I gotcha you know, essentially a trailhead. It's an old two track that's cut off now. And then you walk out three and a half and then you drop down to his area. And it, the walk's not, the, the hike's not bad. When you, when you make this, the first descent cakewalk, the second descent and the third descent, yeah, your legs hurt. Because it, y'all, it's brutal. It's just nasty. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, considering all that, you know, going back out of it. And we had done it a couple times previous. It was just like, this is, I'm playing a fool's game over here by myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, but I would. But I you would got eyes on, on the bowl. On the you got, bowl. I mean, you, you got to him. Oh, that breaks my heart. I'm sorry, man. I mean, that's sometimes I, sh- I struggle with there, it. Oh, go ahead. No, there. I, I just, so my feed is like, like elk hunting and like political stuff and, and stuff like that. And so one of the things that came across my feed is like this drone operator that does animal recoveries. He's got a drone big enough to go in and lift your I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Your elk on it. And I don't know if it's legal or not, but but man, I'm like quarter, quarter by quarter, buddy. <laughs> quarter by quarter. I forget what I was saying. But yeah, no, I just, no, that's all right. You just, you know, you, you make those decisions. And, and since season, I've been like, how can I get in there easier? I even tried, I even tried to go, I went all the way down the mountain. I found a way up from the bottom. That's only four miles. Came all the way to the, basically the toe of the slope yeah. and, and looked up and was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. But what do you do? Right. I mean, you got to pursue them. The fact that you're in there calling and that an, that monster's answering and he's just if he if he would have come up the rest of the way pissed off and stupid, he I probably wouldn't have thought and would have just killed him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a reason that he didn't. And I and I don't know if that was me having to eat the humility pie or 
that was just the way the universe played it out and said, nah, bad decision, buddy, you know, and made me think about it. And, and I don't, I don't usually, I, and I don't to this point, it, it regret decisions I make in the woods. You know, I try to keep my wherewithal and not let the excitement get the best of me. You know, you make stupid decisions or do something wrong, but yeah, I don't. You you were with one other buddy? Not, no, he was there. I think he made it seven or eight days. I think he made it seven or eight days. Poor poor bastard was beat. I mean, we put on the miles, dude. The time he was there, we put on the miles. If you could have one tripped him out with like three three dudes or four dudes, you'd have shot him. Dead. (laughs) Okay. Dead. And that was funny, right? Because so I have this dilemma. You know, you know that everybody that that you know is hunting. So it's like, okay. (laughs) Who are you gonna call? I hit my neighbor up. Hey man, I know you're not gonna be in the woods too much. You mind if I hit you up? Oh, no problem. Then a guy that works for me. And then you hit him up and it's crickets or Sorry, man, you know, mama's not letting me out anymore, you know, and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. but I don't want to call somebody that's out on their tag or, you know what I mean? I have, it's, it's hard to do that because it's like we yeah. wait all year to go spend that time. And then now if I was close to that side of the world, it'd be no problem. There'd be a hundred people, but being where I'm at, I'm removed. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's five hours to come from your side of the world to me. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was interesting, dude. It was cool. That's, but, that's a lot to think about. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But it was, it was a blast. We had a really good season. Saw a ton of elk. I mean, bull after bull after bull after bull. Some solid calls, call ins rather. Seen a kind of a raggy five, you know, a smaller five hooking a small herd. And I'm like, Dang, this dude's just pushing him around like he's the big man. What's going on? <laughs> Put glass on him, dude, and he's hooking smaller bulls, like like subordinate bulls. And I was like, wow, I've never I've never seen or experienced that. So it was pretty interesting you, to see. Are that. you waiting? Are you waiting on on a certain bull? Or are oh, you? Damn, Skippy, son. <laughs> what? Oh, absolutely. I got oh, a standard, no, bro. Baby. I got a standard. Nope. <laughs> I Not I me. set out. I set out to get a certain bull and, and there's been points where I've been like any bull will do. And then I'm like, Nope, Nope. Cause I know I will, I won't, it'll hurt me more than walking away with a notch tag. If I kill something, Oh, absolutely. If oh, I kill I, I something that, comes from. that I didn't set out to kill, I, I'll regret it. I'll absolutely regret it. <laughs> you need to be so good at hunting. I mean, like, I don't know about so, that. So, for me, like this is the first year I ever put put I, I ever 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 pass on a legal animal, and it was day two. And by day five, I was thinking to myself, like in my head, I got that little guy on my shoulder. Is like, dude, should you should you shot the five? Like, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't. He wasn't like. Yeah, you know, he wasn't like a spike. And and then and I'm, I'm glad I didn't. But dude, I was second guessing myself. And I got I got we were four little boys. And the main thing for me is like legit, like food is getting expensive. My wife is doing her honor safety right now so that she can get into the woods and we can stack meat in the freezer, right? So it's, it's a meat hunting trip, but, but man, if I could put some nice bone on the wall, I I want to, uh, which, which I got, like I said, I got super, super lucky and we worked, we worked hard for him, but yeah, man, you're the, you're the man. So I, I think for me, we, we've not, 
we hunted the wrong way for so long before I, I started listening to like Paul Medell and really learning like what I'm saying, when to say it, how to, how to find them, right? Stuff like that. And so for so long, we hunted so incorrectly that I know how hard it is right. to, to even just put eyes on an animal, let alone kill one, right? And so I have this thing in me that's like, man, when God blesses you with an opportunity, Take unless it. it's in a nine-point a nine unit, right? <laughs> yeah, when, when God blesses you, you better take it. Otherwise, it's like slapping him in the face. Like, oh, that was not good enough? Okay, you get nothing else, pal. It's, it's, it, it, and, and just to clear it up, it's not to say that I don't second-guess or question myself. Sure. Right? Yeah. But what motivates me is the difficulty, right? And, and the humility. I say it all the time. We've probably talked about it. Like the humility that hunting offers, that's yeah. that's what I want, right? So, you know, I called in s- several bulls. I called sh- second day. I called a bull into Drew's toes. And I'm like, hey, look at that bull. You want to kill him? He's like, hell yes. I'm like, okay, here he comes now before I even made a sound, right? So it's like, you know, you can do it on the ones that are immature, I already know that, right? I want the son of a gun that is hard to get, that holds his cows close, that don't play no games. That is, that's the bull I want. And sometimes I'm like, this is a damn foolish endeavor. <laughs> like, like, what am I striving for? You know what I mean? Tears and yeah. frustration. So I second guess it all the time. <clears throat> and I've, I've even got to the point where I've had the conversation with my wife and she's like, look, I know you're frustrated, but if you do this any other way than you set out to do it, you're not going to be happy. And you'll regret killing that animal and second guessing what you did. And she's 110% right. So it's like, I can't, really? I can't yeah. go back on it, you know, and seeing it through, I have to see it through come hell or high water. I just have to see it through, you know, yeah. it just now, now if I somehow, had two tags and I can go and, you know, kind of acquiesce to that, then I would, you know, sure. but yeah. if it's the one tag, dude, I gotta, I gotta stick to the path, whatever that means. I gotta stick to the path. And the one thing that I could say about it is getting your butt kicked and dealing in that much humility and realizing how small you are and how inexperienced and inefficient you are as a, a predator there's something yeah. about that dude. And you just, you just grow and grow and grow and grow and learn from it. You know, maybe it's not the right lesson all the time, but <laughs> it's a lesson nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I think you're just sick. <laughs> Some of that too, I, I bro. Mean, and I mean that like in a, in the most like complimentary way, like, like not only am I going to get out there and, and just beat the hell out of my body and I'm okay with that. But now, now I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm going to, I'm going to feel like a bad hunter. I'm going to feel like yeah. I can't feed my family now. I'm going to feel all of those things that we feel every year, right? Where you're like, man, what, how, how come, you know, every time I open up Instagram, everybody's stacking them up and I'm, I'm out here. Like I hadn't seen, heard and anything. Right. And so, so it's all those things, but to the point that you are making, once it finally does happen and you put in whatever it is, years, maybe two, three, five years, 10 15, I mean, in your case, it could be 200 miles, right? And you put all that on and then you finally, you finally lay him out. The level of satisfaction has just got to be immense. Yeah. It's going to be off the charts. 
don't don't get me wrong about that either. I'm I'm so thankful for every cow I've ever shot. I'm so thankful for every every little little bull. Like I get I get so jacked up. Just this like immense. I don't ever get I never get sad at all. I don't ever feel bad, but I will get choked up with gratitude mm-hmm. for for what I've I've been able to to take right, and so and that, and that includes like even the 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 little guys just coming out with a little guy, it's yeah, just I'm so so grateful to the end that and maybe you know you hear guys like like Paul Medell's a and I, you know I'm a huge fan of him, dude. I'm like I, I don't know if I I told you this. He's is funny. He uh, we were in Idaho at Northwest Mountain Challenge, and he and Paul Junior came by and and his wife Paul Junior's wife came by and they came by our booth at the the challenge and and dude my I was talking to a customer and my wife started talking to Paul and when I turned around uh and saw him I hugged him and he's not a big guy he's he's kind of you know he's small stature yeah dude and I I hugged that that dude and my wife is like because I'm a hugger you know and my wife is like oh no and you could see that like for uncomfortable, he's not a hugger apparently. <laughs> and so I, I ran him and I'm squeezing. And he goes, uh, he. I think my wife said, "Gabe, I heard him say we don't do that." And I was like, <laughs> 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 I, was like I do. And so yeah, I was. I'm such a, a huge fan. So it'd be like when you get to a point, or when I get to a point where I've stacked twenty bowls. 15 bowls, whatever, 10 bowls even, maybe I'll get to a point where I'm like, you know what, maybe I should hold off. And I've got this thing so at least tuned in and figured out to the point where I know I could probably go out and and put some meat in the freezer pretty easily. Maybe then I'll get to a point where I'm like, yeah, you know what, I want something a little bigger. But as it stands right now, I've only got, I, 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 I didn't start hunting until I was 23, I think. And so... I don't have a whole lot of a lot of animals under my belt. I mean, I've I've been really really lucky. I might be, I might be, le- just under fifty percent. But but and even that's a great ratio. But it's still nothing like some of these guys. Like right. Paul's like, oh yeah, me and me and Junior kill four elk a year. <laughs> you know, for the last fifteen years, I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, it takes so us 10 anyway. Minutes. <laughs> He's so nonchalant too. I called the last one into the gas station. Yeah. Yeah, he's so nonchalant about it too. It's like, yeah, all right, thanks, Paul. Make me feel great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a sweetheart of a dude too, man. He's just a really, really nice dude. He is. He is he that guy has absolutely changed well, changed the way I hunt, but changed my my like perspective and changed if I'm honest and I know this is he's changed my life in, in certain ways that I'll be able to to change my son's lives and shorten that learning curve for them because of this guy, he, because he's so willing to share for right. free all of the, you know, the, the things that he shares. It's amazing. It was funny because he and I recorded a couple years ago. I know. I listened to all of it. it <laughs> and was we, awesome. were, we were talking, right? And, and you know me, like I like to shoot my bow a lot, right? And, and it's just like rep, 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 rep. And I'm kind of talking smack about setting, you know, starting to shoot two weeks before season. And Paul says, that's what I do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh man. And you're like, yeah. You're like, no, I thought you were, you were shooting every, every day of the year. It was funny. Right? Like, and he's like, oh, Haines, so. I think he said July. 
He, he, I think he told me he's lucky to pull his bow out before the second week of July or something along those lines. And I'm like, well, his, but he's been, I mean, he's owned his own business. I think he and his wife, now they, they like refurbish old campers and stuff and uh like tune those up. And so I know he stays busy, but yeah, it's, I I understand the busy part. It's, I kind of do that same thing. I don't, I don't shoot my bow nearly as much as I'd, I'd like to. And it, it showed not this year, but it showed last year because I, yeah, I, I punched, I punched one in the shoulder blade last year, and and yeah, it was, it was. I know he's alive for for certain reasons, but man, it was, it was just not. I I should shoot more. I should shoot more. That's all I'll say. Uh, and it doesn't, you know. I don't know. I, I think part of it for me is just, and and it's not always a preparatory thing, more as a love for just shooting the bow. Yes, I think, yeah. you know, but a lot of time, I mean, I spend a lot of time thinking about the next elk hunt, <laughs> probably yeah. way too much, man, probably way too much. But well, if you, awesome. if you, yeah, if you were to screw it up, it won't be because you, you botched your shot. If you screw it up, it's because he smelled you or something, you know, you know what I mean? You've, you've practiced enough to where you're on autopilot, I would imagine. And I, I say that knowing that I'm the guy that gets super rattled, like, Oh, I could be as it's I could be shaken like a leaf in the wind, and soon as I draw, dude, it's rock solid. Like really? I really, and once it's anchored, that's it's just you're dead. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I love it. Man, now you put me on a rifle. Nice. Put me on a rifle. Complete opposite, bro. Like, Mickey. oh my god, dude, I gotta be prone so I can control all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is yeah. just crazy on a rifle. You know, it's like, oh, I got, I just need to be prone. <laughs> yeah. It is That's, weird. For me, things. it's both. Just the whole, like, taking, taking an animal's life. And I say an animal, it doesn't happen when I'm shooting grouse, right? It doesn't happen. Even on deer, I'm pretty solid. But, but man, an elk is just like this. It's like, it's, it's like Eleanor. It's like that Mustang from that, <laughs> that movie, right? It's like, yeah. they get me. Yeah. There ain't nothing like so, them, dude. Let me, let me, I, dude, we're so far in right now. I apologize. And you and I just talk all no night apologies. long. Yeah, we'll just keep going. I want to hear, I want to hear about one, the move as quick as you can, right? With the move, because I know that's, that's minimal. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not minimal. That was a major like life altering decision that you made. So the decision was not minimal, but once that was set, it was like, a, you know, you, you're like, okay, we're going. And, Cause you we were talking the other day when you moved, out of the belly of the beast, I'll say it was you. You had made the decision, and you came to Colorado with with no job, no. It was just like so. So we talk about like having the whatever the goal to be able to to make the jump from the everyday job to the business, which is it, it is there, right? It's but the goal. You know what? I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was you. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't feel like I. I'm supposed to be here anymore. Let's go. That, that, so number one, that's one. Like what, how did that decision come about? One. And two, how, how on board was the missus? Or did it take some like, okay. some, some coaxing? So you used to take the boy to Texas and before he could pull big game tag in California. So he was, <clears throat> five or seven somewhere in there. And I told the wife, we need to move to Texas. 
Like, we need to get out of here. It's so much better. And, you know, kind of like crazy look. And then I had an opportunity via work, via, you know, my professional career to where the company I was working for was like, hey, we want you to go to this state, this state, or this state. And the wife looked at me like, oh, you're kind of crazy. The money I made was exceptional, like stupid, like ridiculous, right? Yeah. Made great money for what I do. And it got so bad, unbearable bad. And I've been working on her for years, okay? Working. And I'm like, okay, look. I Was it five years ago, four years ago? I brought her out to Colorado. I'm like, come out. I want you to see Colorado. This is where I want to be. This is where I'm hunting most of the time. And that was the only reason, was the elk. Yep. And it was like, you know, let's, she's like, well, yeah, let's consider it, you know, kids, blah, blah, blah. So our boy graduates and then it just, it intensifies for me. You know, he's going to school and he's not in the house per se and it intensifies. Well, you know, everyone knows what California is at this point, right? I mean, there's like 38 million people in that place and I want to be <coughs> on the mountain seeing deer, seeing elk all the time. You don't do it there. And after the, the Cocorona scam thing, whatever you consider that, yeah, I kind of, I was just like, I'm over it. I'm, I'm over this craziness. I wouldn't do the mask and all that BS. I just wasn't doing it. I was like, there's no way that I'm living like this. F these people. This is a sham. Needless to say, I was right. She saw me being right. And it seemed like the traffic increased 30 to 40% after that. I mean, it was just, it was unflipping real, dude. Like 18 miles, two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes to go from door to door, work to home. I walked in the house one day and I was having like these panic attacks where I'd be sitting in this shit for so long and I would, I would literally get like, like woozy, dizzy, like, whoa, triple vision. And I'd pull over and I'd have to sit there a minute and kind of gather everything and like, what in the world? Well, this happens like three or four times. <clears throat> and I'm like, I don't, this, this isn't me. This doesn't happen to me. Like, I don't, I've never had any kind of medical or nothing. I walked in the house one day and I'll never forget it because I thought she was going to belt me. And I walked in the house and she's in the kitchen. She's washing dishes. And I walked in. Hi, babe. I didn't say a word. I said, I don't give up. I'm moving to Colorado six months. I'm out of this place. I don't care. You want to go? Come on. If not, we'll figure it out. Stay here. I'm going out of this place six months. Yeah. And she turns around. And she looks at me just calm as could be. She goes, don't talk to me like that. I'm your wife. Ooh, and I said, so solid. And I said, I'm out of here. It's so funny in hindsight because I was so serious and I was so upset because I was feeling this way about this freaking place. And for her to just be like, God, here we go. So, so two weeks later, she's like, Hey, I got us airfare. We're going to Colorado. We're going to go Thanksgiving time. I had time off. She had time off. So we flew out, <coughs> drove around Colorado for the week, 
and started, we were on the front range and we started, yeah. we, of course we flew into DIA, drove south down to like Pueblo area and then worked our way back up all the way to Estes, just in and out of mountain towns, Colorado Springs, Castle Rock, the whole nine, just driving around. And and honestly, there was only a couple spots and we were both like, damn, that's a little bit rough. It's still crowded. It's still a lot of people, right? Like this yeah. is trying to get away from it. And it was like, all right, well, come hell or high water, we're doing this. We just got to figure it out. So we're just looking here, looking there, flew back. And then <clears throat> I don't know if you know who Carla Cox is. Carla is a friend of ours. She's one of the like, I don't know, it's bigger, I guess, Colorado wildlife photographers. And she calls my wife and she says, hey, I got this place, you know, over here that a friend turned me on to. You guys want to take a look at it. So she sent some pictures and whatnot. And then we did kind of a FaceTime walkthrough with her. And that was yeah. what she wrote, dude. And we were here. That I think we listed our house two days after that. Yeah, I think we we said, yeah, we'll take it. Listed our house a couple of days after that and gave ourselves, I think it was five weeks to get out of there. And we listed our house. It sold in less than four days. And then we were gone. Who, I don't understand that. Who is buying those houses in California? I, I, and I mean that like, dude, like who's, I don't, I don't think at that, at that price. Cause you oh. guys are coming here with like wheelbarrows full of cash, picking up houses and property. And I'm like, what, what? <laughs> if I'm honest, like what dummy is buying dude like I was in California when our for when, that much money. When our realtor, I mean, we were in this house for 21 years, 20 years, 21 years, something oh like that. Oh my God. You so, made a pile. So when the realtor, when the realtor told me the listing price, I chuckled. And he goes, Is that not enough? We can raise it. And I looked and I was like, if you can raise it, raise it, bro, but that's plenty good. Cause I was I was flabbergasted. And he left. I yeah. told my wife, I would pay that much for this house like that's crazy yeah. and we had remodeled yeah. and done a bunch of stuff but it was just insanity oh yeah. but anyway that's that's the story dude so i think we we came out in november and we were here moved in i believe it was february 21st so it was our time frame after you know getting everything together, figuring it all out, getting the house ready for sale, the couple little you know minor few things we had to do. So November, end of November, and then February, it was like we're out, you know. And it was it was yeah. it was a trip. So, like, go ahead. So you're you're uh, the, I guess the the my that thing that pops into my head, and I'll, there's a, a bunch of questions, but the, the main one is, would your wife? Would your wife, if she was sitting here on the podcast, say to me that there was a change in the man? Absolutely. I've there was heard a her. change in, in my husband when we got to Colorado yeah. versus what, what he was. He's a better husband is what I'm asking. Absolutely. I've heard her say it. I've yeah. heard her say it and she's told me multiple times. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it, to be quite honest, I mean, she pretty much grew up in the same seven or eight mile radius. So where we left, that is really where she spent her entire life, less a year here, a year there, right? Yeah. So it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't an easy thing. And when we, when we bought our house, dude, we were kids. Like we were young as all get up, young family. Yeah. So for me, there's no, there's really no sentimental value per se to things like that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not yeah. what made it for me. It was raising the kids that made it for me. It was, you know, having my wife there by my side and us fighting, doing everything we could as as a young couple to, you know, build this for our family. That The sentiment part of it is in that and not in the structure, right? But yeah. understanding, seeing her go through it and walk through it, and then understanding what it meant to her was was very humbling when you when you take when you take the part of it that hey this move is a selfish desire on my part yeah right you know what i mean so you have to yes. look at it like that too right and it was like who and i and i'm not going to bs it <clears throat> there was part of me dude i was like i'm nervous i don't want to lose my wife but i can't live like this cuz it's killing me right and yeah. my wife is everything to me everything yep. Right. So it's like, I don't want to lose. I was nervous for probably a good four or five months till I seen her settle in. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to leave my ass. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a trip, dude. It was just, it was to the point where it was like, this doesn't make sense. And, and honestly, you wait, the woods wake you up. So the more time, you know, the more September's I said, you know, it started as 14 days. Then it was, three weeks. Then it was the whole month. And as you do that, you realize that that rat race is not what it is, right? And you, no, no one, no one is supposed to live like that. No, there's not a person on God's green earth that should live in that kind of rat race squalor. It's it's not natural. It's, it's so unnatural that it drove me far, far off of their path. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. And you don't realize it. And you know, what's funny when, when I hear myself say that is people think what we do is wrong and unnatural or unfitting of society. And it's like, oh, you have no freaking clue. You know what I mean? You're, you're a rat in a wheel at, at very best. You're a rat in a wheel. Want to rep the outdoor lifestyle off the mountain? Pack em Out Apparel, the clothing line that's more than just trophies and filling freezers. At Pack em Out, they believe in making memories that last a lifetime. Whether you're packing out a bull or preparing for a family adventure, a lifestyle brand that understands the importance of family, faith, and friends. Every time we head out, it's about creating cherished memories. At Pack em Out Apparel, the brand stands for honor, integrity, and a genuine passion for the wild. Check them out at packemout.com. Yeah, dude, and that's a it's like scientifically, you're you're exactly right. There, oh. like there are studies, tons of studies. I just I'm actually listening to it now for the second time. And you've probably either read it or listened to it. It's called the the comfort crisis. He goes into a ton of stuff, like stats on exactly what you're talking about, like optimal like groups of people, the people that seem to fight like businesses and tribes and communities and stuff like that optimally are functioning at their highest and happiest levels around 150 people. So like when you say 38 million, Oh my God. Like they did a, they did one of the statistics that he cited was that out of 300 and I think it was like 18, 318 cities happiest to least happy. New York City was dead last in 318. And well, you're, it makes sense. We're not built to be 
we're about to do what you and I are trying to do, right? And trying to raise our kids to do. And and, and the science behind it, there was actually like studies. So when you say it, I mean, it makes sense to me, but when you hear like the numbers behind it, you're 100% right, dude. There's 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 no one, you're exactly right, that is is built to do. No way. To live through that. No one thrives in that environment. No, you no can't. One. I mean, you put, you know, I use the, the rat and the cheese analogy, analogy, right? I mean, you put the cheese in there, he's just going to keep running that wheel. Some bitch never gets the cheese, right? He yeah. never gets the cheese. <laughs> There's something yeah. wrong with that wheel. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's if like. You, if you get a chance to listen to that book. I'll have to check it out, it, yeah. Dude, it's, it's eye-opening. It's, it's. About a guy who went on like a 30-day hunt with Donnie Vincent. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to. I mean, and then you never experience, like I was saying earlier, you never experience that humility, right? Every our, our problem in the moment is the biggest problem ever, right? And it's, you know, this, and it's like, dude, are you serious? Like that, that's nothing. Like we're minuscule. Yeah. Those problems are nothing. And most of our yeah. problems are, are first world problems, Right, it's like, that's exactly, dude. You're talking. You're you. You could. You must have read the book. Already, I did not read the exactly, book, bro. Dude, but he's like. He, that's he the commonality. Like, that's the commonality yeah. in what we do. Because my my biggest stressor, my biggest problem is that, I, and, and this is in the book, right? He goes, "You screw up a PowerPoint, and your boss looks at you like with a mean face." Like our ancestors, you screw up, you don't you don't eat, right. you die, and they they lived their entire lives hungry, and we don't know what hunger is, right? Yep. We just, we've never been actually hungry. And I mean, like to this day, I don't know what that type of hunger is like, but that's, that's the real problem, right? That's, those are real problems. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I just had a little cave baby. Like, I gotta right. feed this cave baby, <laughs> right? Like, that's a real issue. Not, oh, my PowerPoint was screwed up yeah. and one of my numbers was off. Yeah. It's, it's insane. You got, you got some apex predator running you down on a day-to-day <laughs> basis, but you got bigger problems than, you know, two and a half hours for 18 miles. But yeah, I mean, yeah. in a nutshell, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if we can consider that a nutshell. That was about 15 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's good. That's really what the, what the move was, right? And it was just, it, it was just time. It was time, you know, I don't, and I don't think that, I don't think we're stuck anywhere. You know, and it's, if you don't, if I would have just regretted it and who knows another two, I've been here two years, another two years, I might've had a heart attack or something. Who who yeah. freaking knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At least if you have a heart attack here, you're in the mountains. <laughs> hey dude, that's where I want to go. I'd rather die on yeah. the mountain than die on the freeway. 405. Dude, I, I you totally know? agree with you. So I totally agree mess. with you. <laughs> so. so you, you have your wife doing okay. You get an update from her. She, she hasn't texted me, home? so she's good. She's going to be slow. It's going to be a slow one tonight, buddy. Gotcha. I mean, okay. the plows ain't moving, it seems, or they just can't keep up. But we got like eight inches in probably four or five hours. Dude, that's awesome. I would I would love that. We're, we're, I mean, it's been cold here, but we haven't had anywhere near that much snow. It's coming. Oh. Good. <laughs> it's I'll take coming. it. I love it. I love it. So... Uh, we can skip over real quick. At, I mean, if you got to go, I understand. No, we're good. Bro. I, I know we're good. If if so, we skip over what what you do for work now, if you want. But I really wanted to. We can we can hit that too. But I wanted to talk to you real quick about Western Fly. Like, okay. Which you want me to tackle the what I do for work now? Yeah, hit okay. that real All quick, right. and then I, I just want because because you have a 
Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I, it's pretty much the same thing. I run operations for a heavy civil construction outfit. Just as I say small, small in comparison to the volume that I'm used to. <coughs> but for this area, uh, uh, the largest company, really good family, started family owned and run business. Super cool folks. But it's, yeah, it's awesome. So it's the same, the same line of work. Just less volume and less stress for me. <laughs> is it is it the volume that is less stressful? Is it the people? Is it the traffic? What what's the what work? Makes, is, you're doing, the, if you're doing the same job, like what makes it less stressful here? The, the work is always the work, but I was running in the neighborhood of two hundred million to two hundred and fifty million dollars solo a year. Wow! And that is so you you take that amount of money or volume, I should say, and you spread that amongst the L.A. Basin into six jobs, 10 jobs, 11 jobs, and you're constantly moving around that hill all day, every day. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, the work, the that that volume is not bad. It's, it's doable. It's sustainable. It's the separation of the volume into bits and pieces. So if you're doing, you know, call it, say, say the jobs were, 150 miles to get from one to the next, from home back to home. Try and do that, reasonably do that in the LA basin in a day. Yeah. Oh, now you're seven hours, seven hours in traffic, bare minimum. The traffic doesn't stop. You get home, you're done. You're wiped out. You, You just have no time, no patience. Your demeanor sucks. It's like, I love you. Give me a little, I don't want to come in the house tell my wife hi, give her a kiss, and then have to go hide myself because I'm an asshole for 40 yep. minutes. I want to come in the house and forget about work and the traffic and the stress and spend that time with wife. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I think that okay. was, it's kind of a multifaceted deal when it comes to, you know, what the difference is. Gotcha. All right. How, how many times do you have to sit in the driveway when you got home for like, Five minutes, 10 oh, minutes, and just work. Oh, dude, work mm-hmm. vehicle. No, work vehicle. I want out of it. I want out of the work vehicle. I'm going in my oh, house. Okay. Right. I'm I'm going I'm going to silo myself and get away from this damn work vehicle. And there was yeah. times where it was so bad I would park it a couple houses down because I don't want to even see it after, you know? Yeah. So it's like this yeah. is right. I need to get in my zone, but no, I ain't sitting. I my wife brings so much to me in terms of peace and comfort yep. and all that there there's no reason for me to be away five minutes if she's in the house and i'm in the truck i'm running my ass in the house i, I, won't, I, I won't even i don't care how that sounds <laughs> yeah. yep i got you so hit me with western fly western fly so me and the boys were on the mountain and all our shit was soaked like just the packs we run. So that was that was here in Colorado. Oh yeah, we were early September, and the yeah. packs we run. You know, you you run EXO. You know these packs are solid, right? But there yeah. is nothing that is going when it's a tr- downpour and it's constant. Your gear is done. It's soaked, right? So all my critical gear: your tent, your sleep system, your freaking jet boil or what have you. Everything is just soaked. Extra socks, the puffy is just soaked. And I'm like, how do I, how do I deal with this? And you go and you buy, you know, a Amazon and get a $15 
pack cover. Well, you get this pack cover not realizing that this pack cover is for, you know, through hikers or day adventurers. And it's that big. Well, I have a 6,000 yeah. cubic inch pack on my back loaded to the gills with a lid on it because I'm out there for 15, 16 days. So I said, well, I'm going to try and make one that's going to fit my pack. And made a couple up and was like, oh, this is, that's it? Well, then I'm like, okay, this material kind of sucks. It ripped. I went to like Joanne's Fabrics <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and got, you know, the bottom of the barrel rip stop. <laughs> you know, take it out and it rips. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be a better fabric. So I start looking, I find it, stitch one up, put it on, bone dry. Like, okay, that was super easy. And then, oh, hey, make me one. Hey, can you make me one? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, yeah. punch it out. And I'm like, huh, maybe I could do, you know, maybe I can yeah. provide this solution. And 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 honestly, at first it was just like, it was really for me and the buddies. And then I was like, well, it's working. And then, you know, oh, man, that thing worked great, dude. It started pouring or, you know, it was wet. I changed my boots. I sat down on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just give it a, I'm going to just give this a whirl. That's awesome. <laughs> and then had to legitimately sit down, learn how to sew, what stitch makes sense. You know, is this bungee worth it? You know, and, and really figured out marine grade, Dacron, blah, 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 blah. And then just kind of went from there, dude. It it was just something, you know, it worked for me. And it was like, well, if I can provide the solution for other folks that are trekking around the mountains, doing the same thing and chasing these critters, then I'm going to do it. And it's been cool. Uh -huh. I don't, yeah. I don't spend a lot of time marketing it, which is stupid on my part. And I, I'm a bad, I think I'm a bad salesman, right? Cause I do stuff out of passion or, you know, feeling or emotion when it comes to hunting. It's very platonic yeah. for me. So I think, and it's kind of a downfall for a business because it's it's a platonic relationship, so to speak. So, but, so pack flies and then the pack flies, I'm like, okay, I'm making these pack flies and then I got all this extra material. What am I going to do with this material? So then I'm like, ah, oh, got an idea. So I made the optics harness fly. So it's a pack fly for your bino harness, right? Put that on. Nice, yeah, yeah. You know, because again, it's going to soak through. And most of those aren't, you know, very water resistant. They'll take a little bit, but you turn it on, they're soaking through. And I've even had an issue where <coughs> it's really moist out and the lenses are fogging up. And I'm like, well, I yeah. wonder if that'll work for this, you know, throw it on there, test it out. It worked. And, you know, then now I don't have a ton of extra material spitting that stuff out. So it's been cool. It's been fun. Very, I never thought I would see myself sewing. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And there's nothing wrong with it, you know, and just learning about that stuff. And it's pretty cool. And then just trying to come up with other products that make sense, that are usable in the field and or serve a multi-use. You know, I could use it for this or use it for that. So I got a few things coming out like the I should have. We have three sizes of tarp that we're dropping hopefully mid-February we're done with production. Dude, um, that's awesome. So, yeah, we got the sky tarp, the hunter's tarp, and a utility tarp. And we have, a, I, I was going to hit with, I have a poncho coming, and it's specific to how I saw a poncho being utilized in the field hunting. With I'm a pack on. With a pack on. Yeah. And that that one's been the the hardest thing to deal with right because i 
you want it to be that thing, but there's so many, you know, okay, this is the, this is the design, right? So I sketch it out on paper, cut my pattern, sew it up. Great. Looks bitching. Fits really good. Well, put a pack on and go shoot. God dang it. Right. This, 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 and this. So scrap this. Okay. Cut this off here. Cut that off there. Try this. And you just go through so many iterations. Hopefully the pack fly is March, April. I'm I'm right there. I'm right there. I think I got it figured out. I'll actually have two. I'm going to start off with the one. The other one I'm still, I'm still toiling with. If number two, if I can get number two, which will be the archer, if I can get the archer to where I want it, dude, it'll, it'll, at least in my head, it'll be a game changer. Like yeah. total stealth with a poncho on. How do you do it? Yeah. I got it. Dude, that's just, cool. Yeah. So. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. Like you, you, as you are talking, like all these things go in my head, like, like, what am I going to do with all this extra material, stuff like that? I'm like, how much Kydex have I absolutely thrown away? Like how much Kydex have I literally burned trying to learn? Okay. Well, that, that, that thing sucked, right? Like, it's awesome, man. I just love that. I love looking back on that process. And there's times like right now, stuff is, stuff's tight. Yeah. Like, Businesses is it's our slow season, right? And so I'm like, but but man, I I'm hoping to be able to look back on today and be like, man, you were you just you just just don't quit, just don't quit. Yeah, that's it. And like, that's so hard. Say, that's hard. It is. <laughs> you can you can quit. Just make it tomorrow. Right. Right. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. Yep. And tomorrow. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> that's all you can do, man. And then, exactly. you know, the nice thing about it is too, right? Like if I, you know, designing it, there's sometimes where I throw the paper and I'm like, screw this. And I'll sit on it for a week and a half. Right. I it's not paying the bills. It's a passion thing for me at the moment. Yeah. So it's like I'm okay with doing that. You know, and then I'll regret letting a week and a half, two weeks go by. Cause it's like, dang it, dude, you could have had it. You know, you could have yeah. had it. So it, it's an interesting oh, awesome, process, man. man. You are awesome. Thank you, brother. You as well. Well, good. I I, I got my batteries like almost, it says I got like 31 minutes left. So if it drops off, you know, you know why. Ten for- uh, all right. Last thing I want to talk to you about, because I know you don't get a chance to talk about yourself very often. Yeah, is uh, Western Hunt Fest. Okay. The baddest so, GD archery hunting event. When, when is it? How many events do you guys have going? Okay. And then, and obviously that's a passion project too, because you love it. You love Dude, the, you know. the archery. But so give me, give me, where is it? When is it? And how did he, how did you get involved with, uh, I think it's you and then the, Jeffrey the dude and from Pack em Out. Yep own this now and how did so how did that relationship come about and then where is it and when is it okay so we got april 13th and 14th the nra whittington center in raton new mexico sweet Uh, okay may 4th and 5th basically palisades just outside of grand junction on the western slope of colorado at the cameo shooting complex i got a buddy there he's a, a firearms instructor there well then get signed up come visit May 25th and 26th at Silver Arrow Bowman in Reno, Nevada. And then... Wow, dude. June. Sorry, because I'm r- rattling off a of memory. June 1st oh, and 2nd 
in Bailey at the, or excuse me, Colorado Springs at Air Force Academy. And then we go back to Bailey at the inaugural venue on the 27th of July for the championship at American Bowman. Dude, I didn't realize it was that big. That's oh, it's this that's is, a lot of events. This is the tip of the iceberg, as they say. When when did it? Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two was the first shoot. And, and how many events was that? One event. Jeffrey, so Jeff, Jeffrey and Ephraim, my boys, they they started the event in twenty two, and the idea was: look, we love the three D shoots, but they felt like something was missing. You go to a shoot and yeah, you can compete. You could turn in your score, but like that direct level of competition and then all encompassing, it wasn't there. So in <laughs> Jeff got a wild hair up his butt and said, let's do this. Somehow pulled Ephraim on board. And two months later, you know, Western Hunt Fest is having its first event at American Bowman in Bailey. Dude, I love that. And it was, dude, it has to be, it, to this day, that was one of the funnest events I've ever been to. You know, you have your, at the time, there was the 3D shoot, <laughs> the pack out challenge, and the elk call it comp. And I think there might have been 70 or 80 people, if that. Yeah, but that's not, that's no slouch. No, not at all. 70, no. 80 people. Like, no, not at all. That's, that's pretty big. In two months, dude, to pull that together is like, you know, hot day. And then, so then last year, the second season, the Whittington Center down in Raton was was added to it and back to Bailey for the last event. And going to NRA and seeing it and seeing the progress and what it could be, knowing those two, their families, what they stand for, and what we could do. I was like, I just told them after New Mexico, guys, I want in. Like, I want in. Like, this event can be the biggest thing on, you know, this side of the Mississippi when it comes to yeah. Western hunting, period. <laughs> and so, then, so I got to, I'm going to just jump in real quick. I, I got to, and if you got to cut this part, cut it, that's fine. But, but I got to ask about like, like it must be, at the very least, lucrative enough to to warrant doing it again next year. Like I can't, like, because the only thing I have in the way of like a comparison is the tack. And so the tack, like the the amount of work that goes into that, like planning and executing an event like that in those different locations with all the different rules and different monies and all the stuff that has to, to go on seems astronomical to me. So my, my question, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a businessman, like it's got to be lucrative enough because you're not doing it for just a passion, right? Is it something to where this could, could be because you love it so much, this could be lucrative enough to where you don't have to do, you don't have to work anymore outside, uh, you know, at the, the other job, or you don't have to, it, it definitely Western fly, but it definitely has the potential to make it make the hunting centered income. <laughs> yeah, the mm. the the priority. It absolutely has the potential. Is it there now? Hot damn, no. Right, and and the right. model that we're working under is debt free, right? So it's yep. a debt free, credit free model. 
right? So it's scaled growth, creating this badass event, improving upon every event the best we can, bringing in solid, solid partners and just scaling the growth the best we can. Now, if it blows up, that's what I told the boys the other night. We were having a conversation. We do our weekly owners meeting and discuss what we're doing, where we're at, action items, things like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you ready for it to go full-time next year? Right? Like that it's a consideration, you know, yeah. are you ready for that? And it's funny when you stop and ask the question, like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. shit, am I ready for that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but absolutely has the potential. I mean, really it's the tip of the iceberg. The conversations That's that we're awesome. having is, you know, is growth. It's just growth, but we want to have a strong foundation. And that's, you know, one of our biggest conversations when we're talking is how do we make it beneficial for our trade partners, right? Because it's easy to say, hey, Gabe, do you want to come in and, you know, booth up at this event, right? And then the next year you go, hey, Gabe, we want you back at this event, but this year we're going to have to charge you. Hey, Gabe, guess what? Next year we want you back, but we want you back as a, as a partner, right? So you, you, you gotta, you have. Everyone's in business to make money, right? And, yep. and we're essentially the new kids on the block. Is the idea phenomenal? Absolutely. Has what the additions to the original idea, are they going to change the, the face of 3D archery? We absolutely believe they will, right? But it has to be beneficial to all involved. You know, your yeah. vendors, your sponsors, your par- we, we say partners, because that's really where we want it. But yeah, it absolutely has the potential to just knock the socks off a 3D archery, dude. I mean, it's it's going to. It's going to. And and the 3D realm is not the only realm that it's going to knock the socks off. We'll just say that. Yeah. That's for a few years. That's so exciting, dude. (laughs) Yeah, you got me all kinds of excited now. Oh, dude, it's such a freaking fun event, dude. Because you have to be ready for season in April to come compete. Like you got to be ready for September in April. Yeah. Right. So, and that's one of the things, right. Is we all, boom, come on, man. Wait, hold on. Dog's chewing on a bugle tube. That was on. <laughs> you have to be ready in April. You got your elk calling comp, have your game together. Right. We got the pack out challenge. challenge. Yeah, we have the elk. I already said the elk calling comp. We have your 3D shoot, which is scored with with hunt scenarios into just about every single shot, be it a seat, a steep angle shooting down from a cliff to the trees or having a whole draw at 30 seconds before you can shoot. And then this year we added a sprint challenge and it's kind of the the idea of it was to be the leveler between the pack out challenge and the archery. And the reason that we wanted to do that was because we saw certain folks would excel in archery time and time again. Certain folks would excel in the pack out time and time again. Can we combine these two elements and see how good they perform right now in both of them under pressure, under duress? Can you still perform? So we added that. So you created like an archery tactical games essentially for this one element of the pack right. or of the shoot. That's cool, man. 
And then now, before you could win in, in each individual category, now it's a combination. So we don't want to see a guy. Well, we do. Okay. We don't want to see how good you are at your shoot and nothing else. If you're going to compete and you want a chance to the championship in Bailey, which is an invite, got a podium to go to Bailey, you have to compete in every facet competition-wise of the shoot to be invited to Bailey to prove that you are the BA of be it New Mexico, Nevada, or Colorado at this point. Yeah, that's cool, and man. It's going to be freaking. And then the thing is, is we, we started talking and Jeff goes, who's going to win? Which state is going to win this event, right? Right now we got three states. Which state is going to take it home, right? So I'm yeah. like, oh, that's another, that's another error. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> be Idaho. <laughs> and they're not even coming. <laughs> I know. Some deep from Idaho shows up. Yeah. That's uh actually Idaho, I would say with 98% certainty that will be will expand to Idaho next year as well. That's amazing, man. Yeah, so that, I'm so happy for you guys. That, oh, it's so cool, man. I don't know how you're doing it. Honestly, I, I think I probably do actually. It's all heart. Like you you just you have to love that to put that much effort into it. It's so cool to hear, dude. Well then uh, and the oh, sorry. The, no, no, no. Just the speed with which you guys are growing is incredible because it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. You got to be, you got to be drinking from a freaking fire hose right now. Well, yes and no, right? You got, you have three people that are equally as passionate that would, would run into the burning house for one another, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, bro, I'm hurting. Okay, I got you. What do you need? Right. So you yep. have this, you have this support from your partners and you know that yeah. they're grinding as hard as you are. So if they fall a little bit, you're not going to worry about it. You're just going to pick their grind up if you have to. Right. And then, yep. you know, we're, we're all from different backgrounds and we all have our view on things. Right. Jeff was a nurse who's now an entrepreneur. Ephraim is like a serial entrepreneur. Right. And I'm this nine to five side hustle, passionate entrepreneur thing on the side. So we have these different looks on it and we're able to bring like, you know, professional stuff into it, but it's, it, it just brings us back to that passion and, and yeah. to, to really feel the power of the event from a place where it's like you're setting back and not gloating, but you're looking at everyone else and you're going, yeah, yep, this is it. This, we did this is it, yeah. right? Like, there's, there's no, there's no doubt that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, man. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking cool, man. And it's such a good event, dude. And and just for people that are listening, well, it is my podcast. I almost forgot because you're asking questions. You know, if people don't want to come compete, we're fine with that. Come and enjoy the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the seminars, the education. Bring the wife. Bring the kids. Jeff is a maniac when it comes to to kids and making sure that they're learning about our lifestyle <clears throat> and probably one of the best I've ever seen in terms of instructing kids in doing what we do. I mean, just yeah. he has a love for it. That's just phenomenal. So, you know, and that's it's, cool. Man. It's easy to drink out of the fire hose for somebody like that. So. Yeah. Well, you got me all jacked up to try and, and make it out there. Yeah. We got, we got to, I got to figure it out. I, We'll be a we'll be a quote donor this year, but but man, I got a soft spot in my heart for you. You know that, and I got a soft spot in my heart for like small business. So yeah, man, I'm just 
I'm I'm excited and and I, and like excited to see what happens next, right? right? Like because I know so there's this this the, the thing I always go back to, and I think I probably said it in every podcast, which is a total of like three, but <laughs> it talks about the the level of commitment. You talk about these guys that are are willing to to do whatever it takes when you are struggling or whatever. There's this this it's kind of a story, right? The when the farmer wants breakfast. The, the chicken has a contribution, but the pig is committed, right? And so the thing that you just told me is that these three men, you three men, have a pig committed level of commitment to where you're, you're not just contributing. We're, we're, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm willing to die some days for this, right? right? Or all the days for this. And it's just so cool to see. And it makes it, you know, I think that's why the guy's like, Born and raised outdoors are so successful at what they're doing. And the guys from Hush, you can see it. They're willing to die for each other on the mountain. They're willing to do whatever it takes to help the other guy get to the goal. And there's something special in that. Because if I'm honest, I don't think the world, I don't think most of the world has something like that. You know, if if as a as a as a person, but as a man, you have one good dude who's pig committed to to helping you in whatever way they can, who's willing to die for you. I don't know that I don't I don't know the percentage of men that have that, but I I'm sad to to think that there's anyone that doesn't have that, right? Because we do. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah, and that I don't think people even think about it in those terms. You know what I mean? But it goes back to what we said early on, right? I mean, you know, most folks don't do what we do or stick with what we do because it's that hard, right? So to be pig yeah. committed. You got to be ready to give up the bacon, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, legitimately, you got to give up the bacon. So, yeah. But, no, it's great, man. And, it, you know, it just, so far, it's just worked. You know, it just yeah. works. So, it's it's pretty exciting, man. I'm I'm super, super happy to be a part of that. I mean, they could have said, hey, bro, we love you. But no, piss off. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it could have yeah. been like, nah. You know, and they were like, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Right. So it's, that makes it even, that makes it even better for me. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm sure they know to a point, but I don't think they know what that means. Like I'm the pig committed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Just stay away from my ham, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come next to my ham, (laughs) you know, but I mean, it just, it makes it that much more of a, yeah, I'm not going to let you down. You know, yep. like it, it, the effort is greater because of that, you know? Yep. You almost have something to prove now, right? Yeah, to a point. I don't know if it's proof or it's, I'm not going to let you down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I won't let you down. Like, it just, yep. I, I think that is more to me than proving. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's like I'll do what the hell it takes, and it's so much. Like I said, sitting back and watching the watching the attendees and shooters is is just freaking phenomenal. Like you're, yeah. you know what's cool, right? Is, is the best way for me to to like equate it is you go to like you know Western Hunting Expo, and you have thirty thousand people that walk through the door, and you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, right. But then you put something together. That's bringing those people together and you get to see them enjoying that camaraderie and that brotherhood and that like-minded individual, you know, everywhere you look thing. Oh, dude, yep. that part of it is like, 
Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I, That's awesome. Yeah. Dude. So awesome. You know, yeah. Well, cool, man. <laughs> That's all. That's all I. That's all I wanted to. I, I wanted those those things out of you because I know you don't get to do that yeah, very often. Don't. And I really, I, I, you, you've. Uh, I don't know. I just, I see so much like value in you and what Thank you're doing. You, and I, I want to. I don't know. Just, I almost want to. I'll just leave it at that. I just see. I, I, I'm so excited for you, man. And I'm. I'm if there's any way, if there's any way I can help, I mean, even if it's just like. Like I know you got good dudes around you, but even if it's just like, dude, I gotta, I gotta yell at somebody, or I need somebody to make me laugh right now, or whatever it is, right? You know, I'm, I'm. Oh, you're good for the laughs, my brother. I'll I can pull that. up my that. that. That is the best in September when you're feeling it and you're beat up, and you see an ivory holster Instagram <laughs> clip come up, and it's like, thank you, Gabe, and I'll flip yes. that, and man, just crack, and and it's just a reminder of like. Dude, it's got to be lighthearted. Like it has to. Yeah. This is I got to get. I like look for the pro tips, dude. When I'm on the mountain suffering and I get a little signal, <laughs> they're good. the best, bro. Good, man, they're the life's best. not that bad. No, it life is not that bad. It isn't, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, I didn't expect to flip the script that much, but that's cool. I don't mind doing it. Um, yeah, it's always awesome talking to you, bro. Always. You too, man. You too. You need anything? Please don't hesitate to call. You know, it's a good excuse to drive five hours and hang out on the other side of the hill. Heck yeah. It's better over here anyway. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I, you're not kidding. We were looking like Grand Junction area, man. It's, it was beautiful. It oh, was dude. way nicer than I thought. Yeah. You you get into my neck of the woods and it's it's heaven, dude. It is absolute heaven. Like there's yeah. elk and deer and it's just like a... Who knows, man? Maybe Maybe that's where... Where we're being called, I don't know. We've we've been thinking about that. Idaho, Wyoming, South Dakota was amazing too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he what what he wants, and I'm just trying to do what my father wants me to do. Okay. And if that, yeah. Well, it, I mean, you you you'll everything happens for a reason, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's legitimate. So, want you let's tell the folks where they can find Ivory Holsters, Instagram, yeah, the website, etc. Yeah, ivory holsters everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. That's that's Instagram is where we're most active. Yeah, and then ivoryholsters.com. Oh, I'm sorry, we got YouTube too. And YouTube is there's some some funny stuff in there. There's like the all kind of pro tips if you can dig dig deep and listen to some jack wagon in the woods talking about <laughs> dumb stuff. But but yeah, it's it's YouTube is is getting bigger and that's kind of fun to me putting out a lot of shorts. People seem to like watching the holsters be built. So there's a lot of that on there, a lot of content on running the machines and how it's being built. So stuff like that. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and then ivoryholsters.com is pretty well it. Cool. All right, my brother. Yep. We'll talk soon, man. I appreciate your time. Of course, man. Thanks so much. Thank you.